Hey there, listeners. I am trying to give you national land gear. Submit a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, good, bad, or in between. We'll be reading these reviews on the next podcast and picking our favorite. We'll be selecting the winner in March of 2023, and we will base the winner on enthusiasm and originality. So be sure to submit those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Episode number 30 of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, I'm talking with Micah Ealing out of Pittsburgh, Kansas. Micah joined National Land Realty in 2022 with 20 years of land improvement consultancy experience and, oh yeah, 20 years of paramedic experience, including nine years as a flight medic. Needless to say, with his experience, Micah understands how important it is to maintain good relationships when it comes to land. Land buyers and sellers should find land professionals who aren't out to just make a sale. The value that a land professional brings to the table goes well beyond the sale, and we're here to talk about that. Now sit back and enjoy. I am sitting here with Micah Ealing out of Kansas, and uh, Micah started his career as a paramedic with about 10 years on the ground and uh, about nine years uh, doing doing helicopter work, right? I mean, you're, you're a flight medic and yes. uh, doing things from the sky all that while running for what 20 years doing habitat management. So, yeah. so you got that hustle. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me how you got to national land. So, um, well, I started in, e in EMS and obviously I've always been in outdoors my whole life. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we, we always, uh, the, the food plot era hit, you know, seemed like about 20 years of the ass when everybody was starting to do it. And, um, so we started doing that stuff and, uh, me and my brother and friends. And so we just kind of got into that, you know, that whole realm of everything and, um, working EMS and then you have a, you have a schedule that allows you a lot of time off because you work essentially 10 days a month is what I worked on the ambulance with, with some overtime in there, but you work 24 hour shifts and you're off for two or three days. So in that time, you know, you're just looking for other stuff to do, whether it be construction stuff or, you know, if the time allows and the seasons allow, then, uh, you know, food plots and then turn it into a little small business, got a little tractor tiller. And I started doing, um, doing people's properties for them and stuff like that, you know, for a little extra money. And, um, you know, as my career went on, then I went to the air and, um, air is a little bit, believe it or not, a little bit safer than the ground. Um, and it, and, and in the sense that the company doesn't allow you to work that many hours, they only want you to work seven days a month. So then you have even more time, you know, of course I have two children that keep me really busy. Um, they're now 11 and 15, but at the time, you know, they were quite a bit younger and, um, sorry, oh, man, sorry. you had me um, look at my desk. I thought that was my phone. I was, like, oh. <laughs> I was looking around too. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, so, you know, it's just time goes on and, you know, we purchased a farm and, um, that's, uh, kind of when we met Jeremy Ayler who's now my, uh, my broker, but, um, we did, we did everything through Jeremy. Um, 
let's see when we when we sold that one, purchased another one, and then this last one that we just sold, we we went ahead and just involved Jeremy in all of it. Um, and um, I just started thinking um, a couple of years ago. In fact, I even talked to Jeremy about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you know you'd be a great you know great fit to go." you know, selling land and stuff. And he said, you know, if you, if you ever decide to do it, I'd, I'd obviously love to have you on our team, you know? And, um, so, um, I guess kind of st- stepping back a little bit, um, last couple of years I went down and I, I, uh, I got hired to set up a uh, high fence ranch, uh, all the, the hunting program side of it from the food plot structure to the blinds. Okay. All that stuff. And, um, that was down in Texas. And so I kind of maintain that. Now they bought another one. So I'm going to have to re- set up another one. Um, so um, I've just kind of been bouncing back and forth and doing a little bit EMS part-time and trying to phase out of that as, I, as I've gotten older and being in it for so long. And I did every, every facet that you can think of in EMS from deputy corner to air. So um, it's just, you know, you got to tailor yourself out of stuff at some point. And so, I thought, well, I love outdoors. I love land. I got, I just got to do this. So, um, both feet in, jumped in, got the class done, passed the test, did the pre-licensing thing and boom, right out of the chute. And here I am, you know, in 2023, uh, just joined in 2022 with national land. And I think it's just a, I mean, I know it's the company I work for, but it's, it's really, it's really a good company. And, and, the, and everyone's so helpful. So I'm just happy to be aboard of such a great team. Yeah. It's, because that's what I'm, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Um, well, that's, what, that's what I've dealt with for so long is, you know, is, is teamwork and everything. So that's a huge part to me is the communication side and having the openness and, and clarity that you get from everybody. You know, Logan's great. Um, everyone that I've met, I mean, I've only been talking to you for a couple of minutes, obviously. <laughs> saw you on podcasts or other stuff, but you know, yeah, you haven't, you haven't got, to, got to know me well enough to know how obnoxious I am. <laughs> so that's, that's good. That's good. We are, we're still on the up and up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it that's, is. that's kind of like the long story short, I guess of, you know, where, how I became where I am now. And, um, it, it, this job can allow you to be as busy as you want or as slow as you want. You put as much into it, you know, that's what you'll get out of it. And, uh, Fortunately for me, I like to be going, going, going. So, um, which can lead us into, you know, uh, client relations. I mean, yeah, yeah. really. Well, and you're talking about just joining up in 2022 as far as like, you know, hawking dirt, right? You know, at, at, at a certain point, you know, we, we work with dirt. But <laughs> you sort of working with habitat improvement and land management for, you know, two decades it's it's a lot of the same thing where you are a consultant for dirt, you know, and then like, this is how you improve it. This is how you manage it for this type of use. This is how you manage it for, particularly, it sounds like you specialized in food plots to where, right. you know, going in, you know, it, it might be sort of a new field in terms of selling land or whatever, but in terms of managing it, this is something that, you know, two decades of experience gives you sort of a leg up on, on pretty much any kind of knowledge you're not so green, I guess, what I'm getting at. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and, and you got to insert yourself into the stuff that you love. And so you learn about the ground and you learn about land and you learn about CRP programs and different grasses and different trees and tree harvests and 
uh, you know, um, timber stand improvements and hinge cutting, you learn all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you, you realize that, man, I really am kind of valuable in knowledge, which you, you don't really want to say that about yourself, but it's like, I, oh, you know, you sit there one day like, man, I, I can, I can, I can steer people in the right direction on several things. Now, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to find out because I'm not one of those that thinks I know everything because you just don't. I learned that in medicine a long time ago. If you think you know everything about medicine, you'll get that call that'll slap you right back down to earth and be, you know, you, you, you gotta, it's always learning. And that's, that's, that's probably what draws me to this, this occupation right here is, um, you're, you're, you're never, I mean, you're never going to not learn something dealing with something about it, whether it be title work or take yourself all the way out in the field, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm, I want to jump into the, to the, you know, the, the land selling side of things, but I w- wanted to sort of ask you about when you were working with, with building habitats for, for particularly with food plots and game management and stuff, when you worked with clients through that, was it typically a landowner, existing landowner that had land kind of sitting around and wanted to improve it? Or was it somebody that had just made a purchase or was looking at purchasing that particular piece of land that you would work with? So it was, it's a, it was a mixture of both. Um, but you know, a lot of, a, a lot of the people that buy from out of state, they, they can, they really, they really got to find somebody local that they can, that they can hinge off of to make their, their investment and their, uh, their overall experience, a success. So that's where I think that land professionals, land agents come in to play. And I really think that this is definitely a, um, a niche market. I, I believe that that's my opinion that, that, that there's not a whole lot of people, there might be land agents out there, but the, the not knowledgeable ones, I don't, I don't know this, you know, for a fact, but, I, I think that to, in order to be one, you should know that kind of stuff so that you can supply your, your, your client, your buyer with uh, even your seller, you know, what if they go to seller property and they're like, their gates are all nasty and it just, it, it, appearance is everything, right? Like kitchens and bathrooms sell houses. Well, so does gates and aesthetics, you know? So yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's the same it's There's the little things in there with, with you know, it, it's kind of something that we run into a lot, right? With with people that will work with a residential primary, somebody who works with residential real estate that happened to land a listing, you know, in a rural area, and you work with them to buy it or sell it, and there's certain things that they're not going to know, like they're not going to know that you know if if you're if you're on a north face that you're not going to see bare ground until July in some areas, right? right? If you if you you know don't have water rights and you expect to run cattle on the land and the the water rights don't carry over, that you're kind of out of luck. Or there, you know, and and it can go even further as far as like somebody who knows how to check into mineral rights or uh, someone who knows how to check into you know the different easements that could be on the property, or if somebody needs to do a ten thirty one exchange the skill set is so much different than what you might find in residential. And then even as you go into the land side of things, it all depends on your region, right? If you're, if you're in Kansas and you're looking at, you know, a cropland or farmland and, you know, somebody that you're working with is primarily a forester, it's probably not going to be as beneficial to you. You want to make sure that the person has the skill set 
that you can work with because there's a lot more consultancy that goes into land real estate than you would find anywhere else in any other industry. And then the transactions, right? The transactions take much longer in land because there's a lot more to evaluate. You know, you don't have to go in and buy a house and look at soil pH very often, but right. you know, in land, you have to look at those kind of things, right? Right. And, you know, the upspike in tillable would, you know, and, and everybody, everybody wanting that right now. I mean, that, that just, just to your point, just then, you know, knowing that kind of stuff is, is this, is this, is this good? Is this good tillable ground? Is it bad tillable ground? You know, is it raucous? Is it, is, is it just, you know, that people want to know that stuff. I mean, that just those little things, um, you know, what's the drainage and is it terraced, you know, just, I mean, everything, or is it flat? You know, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stuff that really goes into that stuff that I think a lot of people probably discount, you know, when they're uh, maybe a lot of, there's probably a lot of buyers out there that aren't educated in that side of it. And I think that's where we probably should insert ourselves into, you know, giving these them suggestions because they're getting in, they're, they're getting ready to invest a lot of money. Oh, especially, property. especially in the Midwest right now, right? You got records. Right. The records have popped up in Iowa, in Kansas, where you are. They, they popped up in Nebraska, just sold land for $30,000 an acre, set a national record. Iowa has set several records, you know, $27,000, $28,000 an acre. And, oh and, and a lot of people are looking at cropland and farmland as a hedge, right? Because it is. It, it tends to move counterproductive to a lot of markets out there. It tends not to sure. fluctuate too much. Uh, it's food bearing, means it, hold, it holds value. Now you have Bill Gates just purchased, you know, I think he, his, his accumulated land right now is 272,000 acres, somewhere around there, um, wow. which, which doesn't even put him in the top 30 landowners in the U S but it's still quite a bit of land, but, right. but, you know, people are investing in it as a hedge product to, to help produce food. And so you need, you need that consultant on the ground that is going to help you make a good purchase and make the right one. Right. 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 Yep. I totally agree with that. Yep. I mean, the more knowledge you have about, about, I mean, this is what we're doing. We, we, we owe that to ourselves even just to know what's going on out there. Oh yeah. Especially, especially on the, on the, on the farming side of it right now, you know? Well, and that's sort of half the battle, right? Is the, is the acquiring the land, but, but the conversation the the we're jumping into is a little bit after, right? So, Right. Not only do you want to work with somebody up until you want to make a good decision while you get there, but but especially for those people who have bought out of state, but especially for people who have bought land, and, and especially when you talk about that, you'll see investors that buy out of state for cropland and let somebody else manage the property. But a lot of what we see is that recreational tract where they buy um land for hunting or land for you know camping isn't as often that you see that there's there's some that you'll see with waterways you know like some fishing areas but a lot of what we see is just it's it's a piece to get out of state and go hunting and you want to make sure that the land is managed while you're gone because you're out of state and you can't you mentioned to yourself right you've had a couple of people that you've worked with that are that are out of state tell me about those right right so um yes yeah, so one gentleman from from pennsylvania um Sold him uh, two parcels right out of the hat, and um, some of it was tillable, and then the rest was timber. And um, we just, uh, I mean, right right out of the gate, we just kind of we, I mean, we hit it off like, um, and 
we got those transactions done and, and he was asking me a few questions. I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm here for whatever you need. Like you just let me know. I was like, if you want me to get with the local sporting goods store to get your blinds or your feeders or whatever you need to, whatever you want to do, I'll help you, you know, design whatever. And, um, then of course, then the, the next, the next question that he came up with, you know, what do you know about the farmer that's farming it now? Do you know any other farmer that you would recommend? So, I mean, even knowing, even knowing other people that you would trust and put you, you know, if I would have them farm my own ground, I would definitely send them to my client for sure. And they want to be, they want to be able to, 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 to trust. I mean, Pennsylvania, I don't know how many miles it is away, but it's, it's a little bit. So, you know, um, when these, well, I mean, just like what I meant, just say the his you know Paul and me talk a lot you know we were just texting this morning that you find any sheds you know and you know feel free to go down to the property and and see what horns are on the ground there you know um, but you know he's wanting one food plots put in next year and you know I said well you know I can help you with that and um, and then uh, you know just just from here on out you know helping him uh, fill up his feeders uh, I just went and frost seeded a clover plot for another client and then filled up protein feeders for him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you just got to stay. And I feel like, you know, you, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you have to message every, every client you have, but I think that there is a, a lot of stock that goes into staying in touch with people because you never know when they are going to need anything. Yeah. And I think you almost have to, you know, where, where, when you jump into a piece of land, it's not like you jump in and you you replace the counters and you're done and or, you know, you paint the walls and you get all the pretty stuff done in the house and you walk away. Like land is a it's a the ownership of it is more of a process and it's a long process. It takes a while to make those changes and and it takes much more finesse, I guess, to jump in. I mean, how much planning goes into like, a you know, bringing up the and I'm just saying like residential where you go in, you can paint the house and you're done, but you got some timber and you need to thin the timber. You thin it out according to how it's going to be in 10 years. And then you thin it out according to how it's going to be in 20 years. And you got to get that crown spacing. You're talking about a 20 year incremental change where in the meantime, you got to take care of the understory. And it helps to have somebody who knows the local area to know the resources to get a hold of. And because a landowner can find somebody, but they might be a crook, right? So you need other resources to to back it up, right? Right. Yes, and I, you know, and 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 to your point, like I just I think that like there's a lot of people out there. Honestly, we know that that take advantage of people, and obviously, the buyer went through you to purchase the property, so they obviously throughout the whole process have instilled a lot of trust in you. Um, spending that kind of dollar amount on a recreational piece to go enjoy themselves. The last thing they want to do is have a bad experience. So being able to give them, uh, you know, not only support um, during the transaction, but after is huge. And it just, it just, I just think it, I think that it would benefit everybody greatly yeah i I was gonna say i think it's one of the most important things that you can do especially from from uh from a client perspective right if you're going into a deal to purchase land when you work with a with a land agent you want to get a sense of a partnership that's going to last 
as opposed to a transactional relationship was like, Hey, there's your ranch. Good luck. See you down the road. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're not driving to McDonald's to grab a cheeseburger, you know? So yeah, it's just, I, I just, you know, and I've been on, I think that anybody who has uh, dealt with land um, has been on the other side of it, been a client. And so I, I really feel like you need to, and it goes back to, patients that I used to pick up on the ambulance and the helicopter. I treat them as an extension of my family because that's how you, Mac, if I picked up one of your relatives, you would want them to be treated, you know, um, kindly, you know, just like you, you know, I just, I just always put some, everybody as an extension of myself. And so you want to be, you, it's no different with your clients. You got, I mean, that's the, you want people to trust you you know, and, and and at the same time, whether they're having a, a you know whether the people on the medical side were having a good day or or, or, or a really emergent day, uh, um, you know you want to be there for them in in some way, shape, or form to make them feel comfortable and and going forward. And I believe that that's the same with what we do in land. Right. You know, I mean, it, I know it's on a different scale, but it's it yeah, sense yeah. the same. You know. Well, and you brought up a specific instance, right? Where, because you mentioned your client where you're doing the, the frost seeding, but I, I don't know if we jumped at it on the recording, but you were talking about it beforehand that this person was out of state and they couldn't get to these things because of, you know, local situations. You know, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think that's a cool story. Um, as far as local situations, I can't remember what we was were, it, what You we were talking about hurricane, right? Or was that the oh same yeah oh yeah 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 so um <laughs> two two young guys uh bought a property here um oh it's been uh, it's about 60 60 70 miles to the west of us and um and they bought it and they loved it you know and they they came and they spent summer and then i you know i think uh, they spent like a week here you know doing their food plots and doing their uh feeder stuff and trying to rent equipment and do all that stuff and and uh, and they really got whipped, you know, there were two younger guys like, Oh my gosh, you know, what did we get into? And then, you know, the untimely things always occur, you know, just they, you know, we're, we're hit with a hurricane and all of a sudden what's going to go first. Well, their land, you know, they're just like, man, we don't have time to deal with that. And so, you know, it's time to offload. And so it was that quick, you know, but they didn't have any resources. They, they, if they had somebody that could have thought, I'm sure they would have kept it. But when you're 60, 70 miles to the west of us, it's pretty thin on people. There's a little bit of a gap there between us and Wichita that there's right. just some, you know, some pretty open place. Well, so, you know, taking that even to account, like you want to maintain a long term partnership with with a land professional way after you purchase land because. If you're out of state and you've invested in something, something could always go wrong where then all of a sudden, let, let's say you have your stuff together and you have no problem dealing with the land. You can't you can't deal with the things that are outside of your control, like a family sickness or sure. a storm or something like that, where then all of a sudden you can't take care of it and you have to offload it. And if you haven't maintained that relationship with a land professional, then then you got to find a new one. And that's where that's where you could be up a creek real fast. Somebody, somebody less trustworthy could come along. You could find somebody who you, maybe you shouldn't be dealing with, 
and you right. don't have that long-term relationship and things become difficult. And then you're stuck in a situation of where you're desperate and you just have to go with it anyways. Right. Right. That's, you know, you don't want to set your up, yourself up for those kind of things. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We all, I mean, we all are, we all want to come out, you know, on top and have everything go smoothly. And unfortunately, I mean, that sometimes doesn't go that way, but, um, we national land did not sell them that property, but we ended up selling it for them, but through a different agency. Gotcha. gotcha. So, um, but I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that had the, 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 uh, land professionals out of Chanute, if they would have handled that from the beginning, you know, things may, may have been different. I don't know that for a fact, but you yeah, know, they're yeah. great people. I know who they are. They're great. They're great. And they have unlimited resources and they, oh, wow. they've been over backwards to help people. So I know that they would have. Helped them. Oh yeah. Well, and how often do you have people that, that you have just sort of relationships with how often do you hear from them on a regular basis? Like, I mean, do they reach out to you about their land pretty regularly? And is it, and I guess the thing that I'm asking is, is it, uh, do you ever look at it like, oh man, again? Um, no, I mean, I don't really, I, I can't say that I have anybody that's like, you know, like have my soybeans grow every like two days, you know, or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there is those people out there, <laughs> you know, how much rain did we get? Like, but, uh, and, and, and that's all, that's all great. Cause I already know it. I already know the answer. Cause I'm monitoring for myself anyway. Right. So right. it's easy. Well, you know, got right here. And, um, so, you know, just lots of things is, you know, what's going on down there. What's it looking like, you know, um, big thing this year for the duck hunters was what's river level. Like what's, you know, what's the rain do we get, you know, everyone wanted to know because the drought was so bad that all the duck hunters were just scrambling, you know, no water, no water. And so every time we'd have the little slightest percent <laughs> chance of rain, you, you know, get a few texts, you know, you know, I, I never thought about using a land professional as a bird hunting scout, but uh, the, no, you got a, <laughs> yeah. there's a strong point to be made there. You got somebody with boots on the ground and, and it, you know, we, and we just came back from the national conference for national land. And that's the one thing you, you've got all these people from across the country and most of them are strangers. Most of them have never met in person. Some of them have gone to the previous conferences and stuff, but all you just have to do is tell one lie about the outdoors and you got a friend immediately. And when I say lie, I just mean story, right? Like you, yeah, everyone yeah. there is just obsessed with the outdoors and dirt to where like, you're not really putting somebody out. If you tell, if you're like, Hey, how's, you know, are the deer out? <laughs> like that's going to spark a whole conversation. It's not going to put somebody out to respond to you. Right. Right. Well, and that's what, that's what's, what's crazy too. So like this, the, one of these gentlemen, he's, he's like, you know, he just wants to know what, what, when's the best time to come to Kansas? You know, I've, I've hunted Kansas for a long time. I've ne I just never have quite been able to pinpoint when, you know, so relaying your own knowledge of the area is, is wonderful. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, the next thing is, man, I got a lot of black bears up here in Pennsylvania. You need to come up here and hunt them. I mean, that's, that's crazy. You know, that, that it happens that quick. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's, there's a lot of, there's, that's, that's a lot of trust right there and, and confidence in somebody to, Go ahead and invite them up to your home state, you know? So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is the one thing that emerged from, <clears throat> we had that too at the national conference where there's there's people that you've never met and all of a sudden everyone's linking up to where like, okay, you got a good spot to go and you know, you got a good spot in Pennsylvania and 
and I live out West. So everybody's you know, talking to me about chucker and mule deer. Like, Oh, oh yeah. You live out there. You have a couch, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens when you meet, when, when you familiarize yourself with people that are into the outdoors, you kind of form these bonds and these partnerships and you have to have somebody that's along for the ride with you along, you know, as, as you go through the process. Right. Right. Yeah. You gotta have a, you gotta have a buddy, you know, like, and, and somebody that you can, that you can lean on in, in, in different aspects, you know, I mean, even, even people, one of the, one of the big things across the Midwest is now hunting cabins or hunting camps. So, you know, I mean, I would even take it to the step further, be able, I mean, to know, you know, construction crews and plumbers and electricians and I mean, all that stuff, it's, just, it's, that makes you valuable. You know, I mean, I know right now you can, you can dial up Jeremy Ayler and ask him to give you a reference of somebody that can do something. He'll be able to tell you that, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we should, you know, like I said, you know, and you know, the big thing right now too, is the duck hunting to know, know people that are doing dirt work. Um, the, the NRCS, the U S you know, all those, all those people, the surveyors, the engineers, um, I'm working on one right now, um, for a guy that, um, that lives in Georgia and, you know, kind of handling, uh, the oversight of the duck marsh that he's building, you know, meeting with the engineers out there. Uh, meeting with the NRCS, doing the, going through their LIDAR system, which is super cool, watching, look where the, the water goes and designing that. And then, um, you know, every, everything to the water control structures and, and getting everything laid out. And then, you know, getting that guy to do the dirt work, having a guy, I mean, you're getting ready to drop. It doesn't matter the dollar amount. Everybody that's listening to this would know how much it costs to build a duck marsh. You want the right dirt work guy. You don't want a levee blowing out. You want the right pitch to the levee. <laughs> you know, if the river gets out there, you don't want it washed out in the first year. You got to know, you know, you got to have somebody here. I mean, this guy, this guy from Georgia, he, he's got to instill trust in me that as soon as that levee's done, I'm going to get the seed on it to get that thing locked up to where it's not going to wash out. So, I mean, it's, it's just all, it's all, a, man, it's all a snowball effect, really. So, you know, what's fun about that is you're talking about that, like everybody understands that because you've done it for so long, but living out West, I have no idea what it takes to build a duck marsh, but I can tell you right now, I'm 100% terrified at ever <laughs> thinking about having to do that myself. <laughs> the first person yeah. I'm going to call if I ever have to do anything like that, because, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it just like all that stuff just comes with, with time, you know, and yeah. being around, being around the hunting industry and. Um, just like if I were to go hunting out West, I've had a mule there a few times, but I'd be picking somebody else's brain too on them because they're tricky when it gets out there. It is. Yeah, well, yeah. And it, it, I was just thinking about for me, you know, duck hunting is fairly popular out here. And a lot of times when, when we anywhere West of the Mississippi, there's so much public land that, that you go out into a river, you go to a lake and it's not so much like a private land hunt. But if I was thinking about it, you know, the, the, the duck hunting is so good, you know, in your neck of the woods, mm -hmm. somebody like me would look at like, yeah, I want to purchase some land with some water and, you know, try to get this and do some duck hunting, but I really wouldn't know what I was in for. And, and right. you know, I cultivated a little bit. And if I didn't have somebody like you to talk to, I'm in a mess. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if any, I, I'm sure people have seen it, but 
you know, Stuttgart, Arkansas used to be the duck capital of the world. Well, Waterfowl Magazine came out last year, and the two top places, number one is Southeast Kansas. I mean, in the world, that's crazy. And then you write right south of us is is, is northwest uh, northeast Oklahoma because it's so, shifting, right? Like the whole like the the migratory yeah. routes, it all shifting. Yeah. yeah, and I can't help but think that I mean along along the Neosho River, which is so sought after around here, uh, from from Chautauqua to St. Paul, uh, everybody has a duck marsh now, and there's a lot of then they're planting food for ducks. That's so. But I say everything is everything. Every animal, including us, is a slave to their stomachs. Like that's what they are. They're gonna everything goes to where food is. And you get to arrange that, or else you're not gonna pull them in. (laughs) Right, right. I get a kick out of that. Cool, man. Well, um, walk me through. You know, somebody wants to uh, somebody wants to get out in Kansas and and uh, link up with a terrific land professional that that hangs out and helps them cultivate things how do they get a hold of you oh email or uh which is micah ealing at land uh nationalland.com or my cell number 620-249-4952 and i mean you know it's obviously on our website yeah and there's a whole bunch there's i mean everybody around here has the same mentality that i have and which is which is good you know well, I mean, I want to correct you there and say, no, they don't. You're the only person that thinks like this. So you're the only person that anybody wants to talk to, right? You got to right, run this a little tougher on people. You're like, no, what? No one's ever thought of this before. I'm the only one that does this. Yeah, no, I'd be glad to talk to anybody. <laughs> it's fun. I, get, I mean, I get, I get, I mean, I, I probably get at least a couple calls a week about, you know, developing stuff. And I think like, I rewind back to what we, you talked about earlier is um, the 20 year on the timber thing. You know, having a plan as to what you're doing and what it's going to affect in the next 15, 20 years, you know, is that going to be a good thing? Is that going to be a bad thing? I think these are big decisions because I know I've walked into places like, oh, my gosh, we should do that. We should do that. And then after you start thinking about, nah, you don't want to change anything that drastic, you know. So I think that I think a lot of forethought goes into that stuff. Well, yeah, and that's where your experience comes in with somebody working with somebody like you, as opposed to just walking in like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rip all the trees out. Like you could make a huge mistake that you can't correct for 50 years. Right. So somebody like you that can temper the expectations, like, you know what, what you're doing here, this might not be as huntable next year. Cause when, you know, people want to hunt the land when they buy it, like you're probably not going to pull anything in next year. You're probably looking at like a three year window where in three years, it's going to be amazing. And, And you can sort of like, walk them back off the edge a little bit. Yeah, you gotta, gotta curb that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, as as everybody, just like when you buy a new home, what's the first thing everyone wants to do? Let's go paint. Yep. We gotta fit we gotta do something to our taste. It's no different than with, with land, especially recreational. Everybody wants to do something to make it like theirs. You know, they don't want somebody else's thing. And you know, in the in the in the mid in the mid two thousands when when um, the land flipping was really going on, that could be done because there was a lot of neglected ground. There was a lot of, you know, the um, the baby boomer parents were aging and and failing in health and a lot of stuff was being sold. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff was neglected for so long. And there's still those properties out there. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. you just gotta turn them over. That's why agents like you are out there to help them do it. Right. Yeah. I'm ready. There we ready go. To rock. Well, hey, Micah, I appreciate your time. I re- and I really appreciate your expertise here. Um, I, I love hearing about this stuff. So well, I appreciate you having me. Yep. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. I'll do, I'll be uh, I'll be ready and ready and waiting. We'll come up with a, a new thing to talk about. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, much appreciated. This concludes episode number 30 of the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing land professional relationships after the sale with Micah Ealing of Pittsburgh, Kansas. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com.